Psalms 119, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How do you stay clean? How do you stay pure in this incredibly wicked world that we live in? Impurity, it strangles your prayer life. Because if you're a constant loser when it comes to the battle of the mind, your confidence in praying is shot. It's gone. It kills your witnessing life. I mean, if you're not close to God and you're constantly feeling like a failure and giving into it all the time, you just, you're almost embarrassed to tell other people about Christ. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How do you stay clean? Completely wrap up in, to completely engulf yourself in. <clears throat> I shared an illustration, I think, two years ago with a family. I'm going to tell it very quickly. I get asked a lot, how come I still work with teenagers? I am 62 years of age. There's two reasons. Number one, I love what I do. I really do. I love what I do. But the second reason is, for many, many years, I've had a lot of young staff who have worked with me, and they usually come in and work five or six years, and then they move on to a local church ministry. And because I'm the kind-hearted person I am, we normally give them a going-away present, okay? And usually it's like we take them out to eat, or sometimes it's not really fun. We throw them down the water slide or into the lake or something like that. One guy named Dan, he was with us. He already had an attitude, so we had to work on him a little bit. So we took Dan. He was with me five years, I think, maybe four. Took him out to a real fancy, fancy meal. Had a great meal. And then, and then we were standing outside in the parking lot of the Pizza Hut there, you know, and just kind of talking <laughs> and stuff. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, he goes, Rand, hey, guys, you can't. Well, we surround him, threw him down to the ground. I brought the duct tape with me. We duct tape his ankles together and his wrists together. Well, the other guys brought some of that saran wrap, that clingy stuff, you know. We totally made a mummy out of him, went to a grocery store, put him in a shopping cart, put a sign on him, we'll work for food, and then we just left him right in front of the checkout. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We were in the van looking through the window watching people were laughing at him. He couldn't talk. He was moving around. Finally, I said, guys, this is not much fun. Hey, you want to go bowling? Let's get him, and we'll just throw him down on the lane next to us, you know, and then if he can get out, he can bowl with us. So we did. We got him, threw him in the back of the van, went to the bowling alley. The problem came when we pulled into the bowling alley, we were surrounded by police, and obviously I had some <laughs> explaining to do. But Dan was so wrapped up in that stuff, he couldn't think, he couldn't speak, he couldn't do anything. Guys, wouldn't it be so amazing if we and our sons and young guys we love and want to encourage were so wrapped up with the very word of God, that they couldn't think, they couldn't speak, they couldn't do anything. And that's what we're going to do tonight and tomorrow. Literally, we're going to wrap ourselves up with the very word of God. You know, when I think about the struggles that we face, got this thing called the internet. And we got some of you guys that are even older than me out here, and you remember the day when that was, well, some of you guys are old enough to remember the day uh, you probably knew Apostle Paul by yourself, but, but <clears throat> the day where we didn't have telephones in the home and we didn't have the internet, and in some ways, guys, it was easier because there was a day if you wanted to get messed up with porn, you had to go look for it. You had, you had to go and seek it, and those days are totally gone because all you have to do is pull your phone out today. The internet is a great blessing, a great blessing. There is hardly, there isn't a day goes by that I don't get to communicate with my friends. All over the world, I have dear, dear friends in Mongolia and in Peru and Cambodia that I can just, hey, dude, how you doing? Praying for you. That is an amazing, amazing thing. But guys, I want you to understand that there is a dark side of the internet. And 
the dark side is sometimes very difficult to avoid. You could put it this way. For centuries, Satan has been hurling fiery darts. Today, he's gotten his hands on a weapon of mass destruction. Let me tell you why I spent literally hundreds of hours on this one message alone, something the pastor certainly would not have the time to do. As a camp director at camp in one week, one week at camp, a couple hundred kids there, three different girls came to talk to me, different homes, different churches, and so forth. But their stories were almost the same. They came and said, Rand, can I talk to you? I said, what's up? I said, the other night at home, I woke up in the middle of the night, had to use the restroom. When I was walking down the hall, I thought I heard or saw something in the living room. And when I looked in, there was dad. He was watching that porn on the computer. And I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Frequently, I get emails like this. <clears throat> Dear Mr. Rand, I really don't really know what to say. I am homeschooled, and today while doing school, I looked over, and there it was right in front of him. I don't know what came over me. I was angry, and it felt as though he had reached in and tore my heart out. I called his name and asked him what he was doing, and he quickly exited out before he said he was trying to get a pop-up off his Facebook. He told me he wasn't really looking at it. I don't know whether to believe him or not. Please pray for me. I don't want to be bitter or treat him coldly, but at the same time, he's the pastor of our church. If it's true, I can't like sit there and listen to him preach every Sunday and Wednesday. Please pray for me, Mr. Rand. I don't know what to do. Do you realize most of the individuals that contact me, it's not even the ones struggling with the porn. It's wives. It's kids who are 14 and 15 girls who like have to push a dresser in front of their bedroom doors at night because they're scared to death of the dads and the brothers because they know what they're looking at. Kids shouldn't have to, shouldn't have to grow up that way. So I did when this was all beginning years and years ago. I took my Bible. <clears throat> I took my Strong's Concordance, and I did. I looked up, you know, website. I looked up uh, computers. I looked up laptop. I looked up all this stuff, you know. Couldn't find anything until I came across this vision that God gave Ezekiel in Ezekiel 8. And you can open your Bibles, but I also have it on the screen. Now, I know, I know that God did not send or have Ezekiel write for us and this vision just with the internet in mind. But I also know that to God, a thousand years is but a day, and a day is a thousand years. So for God, like 2,000 years ago was like the day before yesterday. The book of Ezekiel is basically picturing, a, gives us a picture of God's people on the backdrop of a very, very dark time. And basically, this is what God was saying. Ezekiel, I want you to see what's going on right now in the midst of my people. Verse 1, it came to pass in the sixth year and the sixth month and the fifth day of the month as I sat in mine house that the elders of Judah sat before me and the hand of the Lord God fell upon me. Then I beheld, and lo, a likeness as the appearance of fire. It's describing here the glory of God, okay? From the appearance of his loins even downward, fire. From his loins even upward as the appearance of brightness, as the color of amber. I do love that word, amber. That's my wife's name. Verse 3. He put forth the form of a hand. He took me by the lock of my head. And the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven. He brought me to the visions of God, to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate that looks towards the north, where was the seat of the image of, say the next word out loud, please, 
jealousy, which provoketh to, say it again, jealousy. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there according to the vision I saw in the plain. And he said unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now the way toward the north. So I lifted up mine eyes away toward the north. And behold, northward they gave the altar this image of, say it again, jealousy in the entry. I want to stop here one second. When it speaks of God's jealousy, it is not the same kind of jealousy that, that, that you can see, especially with young teens. You know, working at a camp, you know, I have teens come to me weeping, crying, and I think maybe somebody died, and their boyfriends broke up with them, and they know they'll never be married. They're in the seventh grade, and they know they'll never, ever, ever. Totally different. God is not jealous of God. He knows exactly what kind of love can reach down and grab a hold of our hearts to take that love away from him. For instance, a kid came to me, I think he's 14, maybe 15, homeschool kid. He said, Rand, okay, I'm on the computer. Mom's sitting right with me. I'm doing a homework assignment. And all of a sudden, this trash came on the screen. We quickly turned the monitor off. We rebooted the computer. And then he said this. He said, Rand, I have never seen that stuff before, and I've never seen it since, but I want to. And we as men all, and too many men start loving it more than they love their wives, they love their kids, yes, even more than they love their God. God is jealous for us. He knows what kind of love can take our hearts away from him. Verse 6. He said, furthermore unto me, son of man, seest thou what they do, even the great abominations that the house of Israel commits here. Whenever you read the word abomination, you should think hate, hate, hate. If you really, really want to know what God hates, then study abomination in scripture. And then he says that I should go far off from my sanctuary. Sanctuary was a place of worship, both corporately and privately. It is a place of worship where you seek to just honor God and to glorify him and to show your praise to him. I dare say that almost every single time that any college guy, high schooler came to me and said, Rank, I talk to you in private, yeah, and we'll step aside. And they'll say something like this, I, I don't know what to do. I'm addicted to porn. Can you help me? I said, yes, I can. I said, technically, it's the word of God, but I can help direct you in a way that you can get victory over this. But before we even begin, I got a question for you, bud. What's that? How's your devotional life? And almost every single time, this is how they answer. It's non-existent. You can't spend your hours on Saturday night filling your mind with trash and think you can come into church on Sunday morning and worship freely. You can't spend night after night after night looking at all this stuff and then get up early next morning and open your Bible and worship God. They have driven me out of the sanctuary. At whatever point, we drive God out of our personal worship of him. We're just a few steps away totally turn our back on him. He says, turn to yet again, thou shalt see greater abominations. And he brought me to the door of the court. When I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. Then he said unto me, son of man, dig now in the wall. When I dig in the wall, behold, a door. Almost sounds like a Zelda thing going on here, okay? And then he said, go in and behold the wicked abominations that they do here. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping things, 
and abominable beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed on the wall round about. When Ezekiel walked into this room, there's graffiti on the walls, both words and pictures that depicted the most wicked, perverse immorality that was associated with the idolatrous worship. And we all know that the most wicked, perverse things you can even imagine are online. There stood before them 70 men of the, say the next word, please, ancients. I'm seriously not being funny here. Who are the ancients? That's you, Dad. That's you, Grandpa. That's you, Pastor, youth pastors. The ancients, those who, like, by reason of use, have learned how to discern biblically. Those who, for years, have at least pretended that they're living for God. And all of a sudden, these kids see a dad, they see a pastor, and whoa, if he can't live for God, there's no way that I can ever live for God. The ancients... In the midst of them stood Jaznah, the son of Shaphan. Shaphan was a guy that read the word of God when King Josiah, when they had the great revival. Jazaniah heard his daddy read the word of God. And even tonight, I'm not speaking to a bunch of men that don't know God. You guys know God. You know what he loves. You know what he hates. Isn't it amazing we still choose to be involved in that which he hates? Verse 12, he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients say the Lord seeth us not? They say the Lord hath forsaken the earth. Okay, guys, what do you do in the dark when you think nobody's going to find out? What do you do in the dark when you think nobody's going to ever catch you? If you want to know what you really are inside, you are what you will do when nobody is watching. That's the real you. There's one thing about these ancients, quote-unquote, spiritual leaders. They did not know God very well because they said the Lord seeth us not. Lie. The eyes of the Lord are in every place behold the evil and the good. You cannot hide from God. And why would you even want to? They said the Lord hath forsaken the earth. No, he's not. He hasn't. He's not going to. These guys maybe knew about God. But they didn't know him very well. He said also to me, turn the head again, thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. He brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was towards the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tamuz. Tamuz was a false god that once a year they would gather together and worship this god in the most unbelievable ways. Every form of perversion, guys, even to the point where these young moms were bringing their babies, killing their babies, and sacrificing them to this guy. When Constantine came to rule, he saw that this type of worship was so vile, he abolished the whole thing. And then it says, turn to yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. Come on, what can be worse? Every form of immorality, killing their own babies, he brought me to the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord between the porch and the altar were about five and twenty men, again describing spiritual leaders here, with their backs towards the temple of the Lord, and their faces toward the east, and they worship the sun toward the east. At whatever point we drive God out of the sanctuary, 
It's just an amount of little amount of time before we literally drive them out of our life. Say, God, we don't want to worship you. In fact, we don't even want you in our life. It's an abomination before God. Guys, he loves us so much. Created us that we would be close to him. Verse 17, he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing that the house of Judah, they commit the abominations they committed here? Is it a light thing? Doesn't it bother them? Is it a light thing? Doesn't it tear their heart out? Is it a light thing? Doesn't it so bother them that they're in the face of God doing these things? Said they filled the land with violence, returned to provoke me to anger. Lo, they put a branch to their nose. It's a little bit hard to explain, but the way I understand this in that day, if they wanted to show their hatred or their contempt, they do this sign language type thing, put a branch to their nose today, and I don't mean to be gross, but basically they give you the finger. God, we don't want to worship you. God, we don't even want you in our life. And the next step is literally blaspheming God. That's where this sin will take us, guys. The last verse is pretty sad. God says, therefore, I'll deal in my fury. I hope we don't think that God doesn't get angry because he is a God of wrath. And one of these days, he's going to unleash his wrath. He said, mine eyes shall not spare. I'm not going to overlook this. I'm not going to let it go. You might be able to hide from maybe your spiritual leaders at church or maybe even your wife, your parents. I'm not going to let this go. Though they cry in mine ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. What does that mean? When we sin as believers, when we sin and we ask God to forgive us, does he forgive us, yes or no? Yes. Does he always remove the consequences? God, God said, okay. The ultimate of God's wrath is not chastisement and correction. The ultimate of God's wrath is when he gets quiet. His spirit will not always strive with men. You read closely in Romans 1. God says, you really want life without me forever? Are you sure? Are you really sure? Okay. In this situation, God allowed another nation to come in and take over Israel. The men became slaves. They had no say what they would do, where they would work. They're literally treated like animals. We don't talk about this much, but in slavery, a woman is nothing more than a piece of trash to be used, abused, and thrown away. When it comes to the results or the consequences of the dark side of the internet, enslaving, oh, many say pornography is more enslaving than most of the heroin that's on the market today. And on the dark side of the internet, they treat ladies, they treat females like a piece of trash to be used, abused, and thrown away. We're going to walk back through this passage. I'm going to explain the power of the dark side of the internet. It's perversity. It's privacy. I should say it's false sense of privacy. It's price tag, what it will cost us, and that what we can do in the prevention. There stood before them 70 men of the ancients of the house of Israel. What about the power of the dark side of the internet? Guys, I want us all to understand there is none of us in this room, not one of us, that is beyond the power and the pull of the dark side of the internet. None of us. 
And at whatever point we think, it'll never, ever happen to me. Take heed, watch out, lest you fall. There's statistics out there, all kinds. Some say, if I would ask 10 of you guys to stand up right now, and then ask three of you to sit down, the other seven have already chosen to habitually be involved in porn. That's statistics. And it can happen to anyone. No one's beyond this power and this pool. Who is, who is one of the strongest men in the Bible? His name? What destroyed his walk with God? His incredible lust for strange women. Who's one of the wisest kings in the Bible? His name? Solomon. Solomon. 700 wives, 300 cucumber vines. Did he have a problem? <laughs> yeah. And these women pulled his heart away from God. Who was one of the most godly kings in all the Bible? His name? David. David. Did David love God? Yes. Did David sing praises to God? Yes. Did David hate sin? Yes. Did he choose to sin? Yes. Are you like closer to God than David? I'm not. I want to be. I'm striving to be. He was a man after God's own heart. In the morning, at night, his thoughts were consumed with God. Again, if we think we're past this, you better watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is ready. You want to do what is right, but the flesh is so weak. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stand, take heed, watch out, be careful, lest you fall. Speaking of the strange woman, the Bible says she has cast down many wounded, many strong men have been slain by her. The power, guys, is for any single one of us here. And I hope you never, ever think that you're past that. Number two, the perversity. He said, go in and behold the wicked abominations that they do here. So I went in and behold, and he saw this trash. Well, obviously, husband, the teenager. What are the dangers? Well, obviously, the easy access to pornography today. Just having an iPad, just having a computer, just having a phone. It's not like you have to go looking whatsoever. You can trip and fall into this stuff. You can't even watch TV with commercials today without constantly having this on my face. What are the dangers? Obviously, the easy access for kids. And with that in mind, the proliferation of child pornography. Do you know what I do? as a camp director when I'm not preaching or being stupid in our skit time or leading a hike or something. You know what I do? I hang in my office with kids. It's my life. So I'm in my office with a 15-year-old girl whose mom's boyfriend raped her and she had AIDS and she's going to die. Another girl, similar thing, she was 14 only she got pregnant and then they forced her to have an abortion and kill the baby. She's in my office screaming, they made me kill my baby. Guys, you've got to understand every single time there's any child pornography, some kid's life has been wrecked forever. Let me share what one mom wrote. She said, I've always felt pornography was bad, that it was harmful. 
but I felt it didn't affect me personally. We live in a small, close-knit community. It's not an issue here. I basically felt immune to its effects. A year ago in April, my world was shattered by the effects of pornography. My three-year-old daughter was raped and violated in every manner you can imagine by a 12-year-old boy. When they arrested the young man, we were told they would surely find abuse in his background. This is the reason he did it to my daughter. After a thorough evaluation, they came to one conclusion. There was no abuse in his background. But he was exposed to pornography. What he saw not only gave him ideas of what to do and how to do it, it gave him permission to treat females in a degrading and a debasing manner. So I'm in my office. I'm talking to a young mom. She's got two little boys, two and four years of age. I'm literally on the phone with her husband. And why I'm on the phone, he's a pastor, or was, Bible college. I'm talking to him because he's in prison. Because he couldn't keep his stinking hands off other people's kids. You think he woke up one morning and said, hmm, I think I'm going to throw my ministry away. I think I'm going to destroy my family and go molest a couple kids. Uh-uh. When he was 12 and 13 and 14, he started looking at this stuff. At 15 and 16, he wouldn't quit. 17, 18, and 19, he kept looking and looking. He got in his 20s. Now he had a lot more opportunity. And every single time his flesh would cry out, he would say, yes, 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 yes. Until the biggie came and he couldn't say no. The last I heard, he's getting another 15-year sentence on the one that was already there. I think his kids are going to be like in their 40s before he gets out of prison. You can choose your sin, but you cannot choose the consequences of your sin. The perversity is simply amazing. What about the privacy? As thou seen with the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark. Sometimes we think if we're not seen, we're not caught. Guys, there is no privacy. Delete does not mean delete, and secret sins are not as secret as most think they are. Oh, you might be so creative and clever and know how to eat up the cookies and hide things. And well, first, Do you realize most states, I'm not sure what it is in Florida, most ISPs, they have to keep the address of every site you visited or attempted to visit three to five years. Why? Looking for pedophiles. You say, who cares? Who would check on me? I'll tell you his name. His name is Satan. And he hates your God, and therefore, because you are a child of God, Christian, he hates you. And he will do everything he can to reach in and destroy and steal that close fellowship that you have with God. There is no privacy. And the deepest and darkest of all sins are always seen by God. What about his price tag? God says, I'm going to deal with my fury. Mine I shall not spare, neither will I have pity. What will it cost us? 
you begin dabbling with this trash and all of a sudden you get like you really start liking it and then pretty soon you can't go a day without desiring to see more and more and you become addicted, what will it cost? Everything that you love. Everything you love. So I was at a church and they called me in the office and said, can you help us? There was sitting a teenage girl and she had run away from home. And this running away from home, police don't even go, they immediately now go to the, go on the computer to find out who their friends are with, okay? And this one chose to run away from home and obviously to meet up with the guy and to sleep with him. Another church I was at, they called me in the office and young couple married two years. He came home from work. There's a note on the table. I'm so sorry, but I've met somebody online I've left you with. He's like 24 years old. He pops in the chair. He begins weeping. A phone rings. It's his dad, his father-in-law, his wife's dad. Hey, how you kids doing? Mom and I thought we'd surprise you this weekend and we're coming to see you. And obviously he said what the note said. And the dad said, well, I wanted I thought I saw your car in the interstate going the other direction. So he got the next exit. He literally caught up and followed his daughter until she pulled off an exit, went to a Lowe's parking lot, pulled, went, drove up next to a white van. A man got out, and they began to embrace. Dad drove up, got out of the car. At least because of the shock of the situation, the girl got in with her mom, went back to her husband. Wouldn't it be kind of tough to trust your wife after that, guys? Do you know how they feel? How ugly they feel? and unloved when they know they're not good enough for you guys that you have to go and find something else? Tell you what it costs. It costs a trust factor. Because you can build trust for 20, 25, 30 years. You can have a huge trust account and bankrupt yourself in 10 seconds. price tag. It costs you your lack of confidence again in your walk with God. The constant fear of who's going to find out what I'm doing. Is somebody checking on something? Would it freak you out if tonight while we're in this service, your wife was back home, sits down with your computer, your iPad, and tries to find out where you've been? Would that scare you? What can we do? You say, Rand, you've painted a pretty ugly picture here. Yeah. You say it's kind of scary. It really, really is. I agree. But this is one thing we can never or should never forget. Behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there. Okay? That was a wicked day. That is, we can never, ever forget this. We don't have to be enslaved by this ugliness. We can see consistent victory in our thought life. We're going to walk through four simple Bible principles. Now, remember, most of my preaching is to teenagers, so hang with me, okay? We're going to look at the secret agent principle, the surfer dude principle, the sumo wrestler principle. Hang on, I'll explain it. And the strange woman principle. Secret agents are cool. My favorite was some guy named Maxwell Smart. He used to take his shoe off and talk into his phone, you know? Secret agents sneak around so that nobody can see them. I beg you guys, please, I'm pleading for your kids. Your sons, your daughters, don't be a secret agent. 
don't be sneaking around to see what you can see and hiding stuff for your little control tab and quick changing things when people come around. Lord, let the words of my mouth, which also includes texting, chatting, communicating, flirting, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, that is our thought life, guys. And what is, what is the prayer? Be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Lord, please, I want you to be pleased with everything I say and be pleased with everything I think. I need you, God. You be my strength. Secret agents. How do you do this? Accountability. If you have a struggle with this, don't go online alone. Make sure your wife's there. Make sure somebody else is around. Visibility, never surf in secret. And I'm serious. And I, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but if you've got like your little office that the door is locked and you have your computer and you're the only, only one that knows the password, you're, you're crazy. You're nuts. You are just breeding mistrust. Make sure it's out in the open. Make sure even if there is a door in office that the screen is seen if you walk by. Make sure your wife has your password so she can check on you if she wanted to. Visibility. And most of the teens, when they come to me and are struggling, and I'll say, it, I'll just say, okay, dude, just tell me, where are you and what are you doing when you struggle the most? Well, Brother Rand, it's in my bedroom at night. And I go in and I shut the door. And, of course, we've got Wi-Fi in the home. And I said, dude, look at me. Look at me. And don't go to your room. Don't take your computer in your room. Don't shut the door, okay? Nobody's forcing you to do this sin. But sometimes as parents, we're like serving them on a platter. And we, sh guys, if you're a dad and you have a teenage son, don't have amnesia. You forget what it's like to be 14 or 15. I've had many come to me and say, Ram, but we have all the filters and blocks that we can come up with. And if you're in a town from the neighbor, you can pick up maybe something from Xfinity and boom, go for it there. And if there's a bend towards this, they're going to find a way to get to it, okay? Vulnerability. Never talk to strangers. How many of you men have daughters? Can I see your hands? In two weeks, two weeks at camp, five girls were brought for me for counseling. Four of them pastor's kids, five girls brought in two weeks' time, all five ran away from home. All five ran away from home because they met somebody online. Out of those five, two of them got raped. The other three chose to throw their virginity away. I'm just saying, this is the world that we live in. And we have to be so very, very careful. And this thing about talking to strangers, man, it's not just the immorality stuff. But you want to get some guy telling your daughter or your son that, oh, you, you believe the Bible? Don't be a secret agent. Number two, the surfer dude principle. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. I've been to Hawaii a number of times, five or six times to preach, and got a lot of friends over there. Some of them are surfers. And not those guys, but they have introduced me. Some surfers are just like, I don't know if they have brains or not. I'm not being mean, but it's like, catch the next wave, like, gag me with a spoon type stuff, you know? 
the prudent man, the wise man, if you foresee evil, you say, okay, Rand, if I go through this door right now, I, I'm going to be in big trouble. Then don't go through that door. It's not that hard to figure out. But the simple, they just keep going. They just go from one site to the next. They just pass right on. By the way, you know what? And translated into Greek, you know what the Greek word for simple is? Moros. What word do you know sounds like moros? We're idiots. We're out of our mind. If we think we can mess around with the dark side of the internet and escape the consequences of sin, refuse to surf and keep you out of deep water. This friend I have in Hawaii, his name's Billy. He's also a pastor. When I was there one time, he says, oh, Rand, I'm so glad you're here because we're going surfing this week. I said, no, nah, I don't know. We're going to go. The waves are 10 feet high. I said, dude, what if you fall off a wave this time? He said, it's like falling off a wall, but you're not going to fall because I'm going to be with you. But we got to go early in the week because the undertow is shifting and there might even be some sharks. I said, will you stop right there, okay? I still wear swimmies when I get in the bathtub. I am not going surfing, okay? Refuse to surf. Know, what you, know where you're going and what you want. Guys, if we would go online like we shop, not like our wives or daughters shop, but like we shop, it would really save us a lot of hurt. You know what it's like when you go shopping with your wife? Oh, hon, I'm just going to try a couple outfits on. I said, okay. So we go in, there's a bunch of overstuffed chairs, guys sitting around. I'm looking at them, they're smiling at me. They say, hey, how you doing? I say, good, good. They say, oh, we, we put in for some pizza. You want to chip in? I said, no, I'm not going to be here that long. They're laughing at me. One of my little kids said, how old's your son? He said, I don't know. He was two when we came here, you know? It's kind of how it is. But for guys, they just get in, buy it, and get out. If we would do that when we go online, what a difference. The sumo wrestler principle. Sumo wrestlers, they really are cool. All six, 700 pounds. When they take that one foot and put it down, everything jiggles, you know? These guys are amazing. I'd love to eat like one. I don't want to look like one, okay? I get embarrassed wearing diapers in public, but I'd love to eat like one. They get in a big circle like this, you know? And then what they do is they start wrestling. If they can take the one guy, ah, and knock him out of the circle, he loses. Guys, if I'm going to be fighting up here, I'm not going to stay right here on the edge where poof, one little hit, and I'm gone. Do you want to know a Bible principle to help your kids? Teach them not to stay away just from sin. Teach them to stay away from temptation. Lord, lead us not to temptation. And you get as far as you possibly can away from that. You put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You make not provision for the flesh. You don't make it easy to fulfill the lust thereof. Hard to sin, easy to do right. Say it with me. Hard, Hard to, to sin, easy to do right. Say it again. In drug counseling, there's a little acrostic you can use. It's called... Uh, it deals with the thing of when to stop, okay? And it says, halt. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, and you struggle with this, you look ahead, you know you're going to be hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you better watch out, you better stop. Because if you are tempted, you'll probably give in. Think about us. Get angry, lonely, and just tired. Then you're tempted. Pretty easy to give in, isn't it? Not if you prepare ahead. Protect with passwords. Get enough passwords on this stuff that you can't go, even if you'd want to go. Protect with all kinds of filters, safe eyes, canine, covenant eyes. We have that on all the wilds computers. We're, we're tired. Because you put so many barriers out there, you can't even get to it. 
Protect with the delete button. Learn how to get rid of this trash as quick as you possibly can. The last principle is called the strange woman principle. Proverbs tells us, remove thy way far from her. Come not near the icon of her website. That's what it is in Hebrew, okay? Lest you give your honor to others and yours to the cruel. And strangers be filled with your wealth. If you find you're at a place where they have free Wi-Fi and you still pull out your little credit card and you put in four numbers, four numbers, four numbers, expiration date, and like you buy this stuff, you're not tripping and falling into sin, guys. You're presumptuously mocking God and jumping into sin. You say, blocks and filters, they don't cover everything. Yeah, I know. But at least now you've got to kind of like climb over the fence and bust the doors down to get to the stuff. It says here, lest you give your honor to others and yours for the cruel. Especially with a lot of you guys in here tonight, for 20, 25 years you can live for God. 25 years be faithful in your church and send your kids off to Christian college. 25 years pleasing God, teaching Sunday school, doing what is right. One night of sin, you get caught. What do people remember about you? Your 25 years of doing right or your one night of sin? You want to give your years to the cruel? Then you follow that. What do we do? Concentrate in your relationship with your family. If you're a dad, you think about what it'd be like to make that phone call to your daughter at Christian College. You want her to hear it from you before she hears it from others. Tell her what you've been doing. Concentrate in your relationship with your spouse, your wife, or for you and got young guys, your future wife. Could you imagine... You're home, you think nobody's around, you sit down, check a couple scores, check the weather, you're tempted for about five, ten minutes, and all of a sudden you hear a noise and you turn behind you and there's your wife leaning against the doorway and tears coming down her cheeks because she's been watching what you've been watching. And you didn't even know she was there. Concentrate on your relationship with your Lord. Ezekiel, you see what my people are doing. They're choosing to love that which I hate. They've driven me out of the sanctuary. They don't worship me anymore. They've turned their backs on me. And they don't even want me in their lives. I tell you guys, the consequences of the dark side of the internet are huge. My prayer for every single one of us, we refuse to be enslaved and caught up in that. We're going to have a little break, and we're going to talk about how you can pray for purity. Then tomorrow, I really hope that you're here. We're just basically digging in. For both sessions, the key in a renewed mind is called meditation. And we're going to walk carefully through it and how we can even prepare our sons and our grandsons to be knights who can stand before their Lord and King and feel like they've honored him in this way. Wherewithal shall a young man his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word with my whole heart I've sought you Lord oh please please don't let me run from you break your commandments wouldn't it be amazing if we were so wrapped up with the very words of God that we couldn't think speak or do anything else let's bow our heads in prayer Father
I covet your, your Holy Spirit to do what only you can do in our hearts. For those who really are struggling, Lord, please convict us. Warn us. And we, we so desire your strength, Lord. We wish we could take a pill and all the desires and so forth would disappear. But we know that every temptation that we face is our test, a test of our love and our loyalty to you. Help us please not to love our sin more than we love you. Help us never ever to put this kind of junk even before our wives and our kids. Help us, dear Lord, to love you with all our hearts and all our souls and all our minds. Help us, Father, please. With your heads bowed. I am not going to ask for a raise of hands, no invitation. The key is the word of God. That is the key. You are clean through the word which I have given you, washing with the water of the word. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on that new man which is truly created in righteousness and not pretending I'm good, but true holiness. It's wonderful, guys, to see the word of God wash our hearts and then keep us clean. Father, I'm asking you to do a work in all of our hearts. Help us to be men of purity in this very impure world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Rand, and I appreciate that first session. That is definitely straight talk to men right there, and uh, appreciate the openness and honesty and uh, something that we can come to grips with. Um, I want to direct your attention to the back of your conference guide, to your notebook, and uh, notice here some internet filter options that we have put uh, compiling a list. Um, these are something that maybe would be of a help to you or a recommendation to somebody that you know. Uh, CovenantEyes.com, the one that I'm using currently is accountable to you. Um, my activity on the internet is sent to two accountability partners every day, and they see every activity that happens on my computer, and, uh, and that is one that I recommend um, that you look into. There's also a new device or a new filter that takes uh, snapshots of your iPad and your phones uh, randomly and sends that to an accountability partner. And I'm doing some research right now to try to find that uh, link. I don't know, Rand, if you know offhand uh, what that is, but I'll try to find that uh, before the end of the conference. I'll call Derek and uh, get that to you. Uh, but that is one that I'm uh, getting ready to use on my cell phone and on my iPads and sending those uh, random images to my wife and uh, to my accountability partners. Also, the online resources want to recommend that you take a look at fightthenewdrug.org. Uh, that is uh, over the fight with pornography. And then the conquerseries.com is also a Bible study for men that you will find some great resources there. Uh, a book that everybody will get uh, for coming to the conference is Rand's um, book that he wrote, Meditations to Fight Moral Impurity, called Lest You Fall. Uh, and so everybody will get a copy of that. If you uh, are, will be here tomorrow, you'll get your copy. Um, if you will be leaving tonight, make sure you get a copy here at the end. Also, a devotional book that we want to recommend that is available for $6, and it is Joseph, a Man with Character. It's a six-week Bible study that Rand has put together, and dads, I would recommend that you grab this and work through this with your teen son uh, or, even a, um, or even an elementary son that you might have. 
Uh, but this is a great Bible study to use. I've gone through that before. Um, great uh, tool. Anything that you find with Rand's name on it that he has uh, spent a lot of time putting together uh, actually is produced through the Wilds ministry, and all the proceeds go to benefiting the Wilds Christian Camp and the ministry that they continue to have. And uh, so thank you, Rand, for all of your hard work in compiling such great literature as tools uh, for us to use.